0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, so we're. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we today we're going to be looking at uh, the passage that we read during worship this morning, which is commonly referred to as the Magnificat. Uh, this is Mary's song of praise in response to the blessing uh, that that Mary gives her. But I want to. I want to read the little part that just in setting this up. I want to. Read the part that leads up to the part that is on your bulletin. Luke chapter 1, verse 39 says, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The baby she's carrying is, will grow up to be John the Baptist. And it is at this blessing of of, of Elizabeth that Mary breaks out into song. I can't help, as I look at the Advent story, it kind of looks like a musical. (laughs) You know, you just have people... Breaking out in song, and and, and and this is Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms, he has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. And he's brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. The Advent story is the beginning of the introduction of the upside-down kingdom. When we look at the Gospels, Jesus' is teaching ministry, when we look at Jesus healing people, uh, it's an upside-down kingdom. Jesus hangs out with the wrong kind of crowd. He gets in trouble for this. Uh, you know, he's, he's always offending the religious. He's, 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 you know, picking fights with the Pharisees and all these people. But, but the story of Jesus is not just scandalous in what he does in his ministry. It starts off in a scandalous place. I want you to consider this. Mary is a teenager who's pregnant with a child that is not her fiancé's child. And she tells her fiancé, it's okay, it's God's child. <laughs> I think most of us guys would probably be like, "It's time to go on Mari, right?" Uh, <laughs> um, sure, this isn't this isn't uh, this is God's child. She's a, a teenager who's pregnant now, Joseph. The guy she's engaged to be married to, he has a problem with this initially, as most of us would. But then he finds out from an angel that, no, it's okay, this is is God's child. But when God wants to transform the world, think about this. God could have beamed himself down. I mean, Jesus could have just gone, come down to earth, fully mature and fully grown. But somehow... And this is what I want us to think about this morning. What does this say about this God that he would take a, a teenager growing up in Judea in the first century and he would launch his whole rescue plan for humanity with what a, what a teenage girl? What does that say about our God? I don't know. Maybe we'll answer that this morning. But under the Old Testament, you can look in Deuteronomy around chapter 20, um, the, the punishment for being a, a woman who has a, gets pregnant out of wedlock, you could be killed or at least banished. I mean, it's not. It's, it's, I don't like reading these passages. It's, it's scary stuff. And so here Mary, from the outside to the world around her, she would look like a person that was cursed her child would be looked at uh, for the rest of his life probably as a bastard. You know? Of course, it's Joseph's son. But people knew better. And so, this story starts out looking scandalous from, from the beginning. But when Mary gets blessed... It's not by a priest. Again, we would think the Messiah is coming into the world. Uh, Mary should go down to the temple, the high priest should bless her, but the high priest doesn't bless her. Instead, she's blessed by a woman. That's another scandalous aspect of this story. That time of the world, the, the, the only, uh, you know, women, you know, they didn't get to have an education or go to work. They didn't get to bless people. And so Jesus is blessed in the womb, not by a priest, but by Elizabeth, a woman. And he's not blessed in the temple system, but he's blessed in somebody's home in the countryside of Judea. What does this say about what God's doing? Well, Mary, at the blessing of Elizabeth, Mary breaks forth into this song that we call The Magnificat. And I just want to pull a few things out about this because what I love about what Mary's singing here is it's not what God was like or what God is going to be like in the future. Everything Mary is proclaiming is this is who God is. This is what God is like. We may be tempted to think that God is just some old crotchety dude with a gray beard in in heaven just with a stick. And and he's either angry at us or he's at least detached. I think that's kind of the way a lot of us naturally assume God must be. But when you hear Mary, she's, she's proclaiming, no, 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 this is what God is really like. And he's like this right now. First, I want to draw our attention to how she calls, she says, the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I can't help it. I'm a little scarred when it comes to the word holy. Sometimes the people who I've heard in my life use the term holy so much, uh, really they're, they're people that you would call holier than thou. You know, they're just uh, they're, they're looking down their nose. I remember when I was going to uh, SLU, there was a group of people, they would come from somewhere up north and protest during Mardi Gras and, and just say that that... <laughs> education is of the devil and and you're all going to hell just for going to a university they were not uh endeared to most of the college students but i've seen oftentimes people who who rail the loudest against the culture use this word holy and and i don't think that that's what the word holy actually means it's not arrogantly looking down your nose at disgusting sinners the word holy actually means set apart unable to fit in our boxes, our understanding. In other words, God is transcendent. He's out there. He defies uh, our, our ability to box him in or to get a handle on him. But I love what Mary says, not only is he holy, he's done great things for me. This God who transcends our understanding also relates to us in a personal, intimate way. That's good news, right? So he's not just, you know, Bette Midler used to sing a song. this, This will date me. But when I was young, she sang this song. God is watching us. Anybody remember that? From a distance. From a distance. I will not, I will not bless you with any more of that song (laughs) but the lyrics are kind of it's kind of creepy actually when you look at the lyrics it's just that god is watching us from a distance like he's just out there he's looking at us but i like what mary says because when she talks about god being out there he's not just out there looking in he's interacting with us he's holy but he's personal Second, she says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. You know, one of the, in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, one of the, the my favorite phrases that's used over and over about God is, his mercy endures forever. Mercy, his goodness, his kindness, it doesn't ever run out. Mary hits on this. Secondly, she or thirdly, she says, She talks about him being mighty. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. This is an interesting part. Because in the part that she's talking about God being mighty, she's also talking about him lifting up the humble. How does God defeat evil does he fight yeah we tend to think that god's like us the you know most most of our knee-jerk reactions somebody does something bad to us we're gonna we're gonna fight them right we're gonna fight fire with fire but god doesn't overcome evil with evil He doesn't overcome violence with violence. He doesn't overcome even the powers of this world with with intimidation and force. We see this from the very beginning of this story that God is overcoming evil with the most unlikely of people. Little Jewish girl who's a teenager. (laughs) I mean, even the people that get in on the Advent story, they're not. One of my favorite songwriters, Bruce Coborn, he says, It isn't to the palace that the Christ child comes, but to shepherds and street people, hookers and bums. <laughs> There's a sense that, that, that the revelation of God, that, that the people who, who are powerful, they miss it because God is overthrowing the powerful with the least likely of people. J.R. Tolkien would hit on this in The Lord of the Rings. You know, the, 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 the ones who win the battle, the hobbits. You know, the, the, the least likely. You know, the people who aren't even concerned with world events. They overthrow the evil of the world. He picked that up from another story. <laughs> God brings down the mighty and the proud, but he doesn't do it through his own uh, power over, but through power under. Next, we see Mary proclaim that he's a provider. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. You know, there's a, there's a story in uh, John chapter 9. We looked at this when we were going through the Gospel of John a while back. There's this blind guy. Jesus heals him. And then the blind guy gets in trouble with the Pharisees because he got healed on the wrong day of the week. And then they're trying to figure out who did this to you. Is this this Jesus guy we've heard about? He's like, I don't know, man. All I know is I was blind, but now I sleep. He gets, you know, just interrogated. And finally, at the end of this story, Jesus kind of sums up the whole thing. He says, it's for judgment that I came into the world that those... Who are blind will see and those who see will be made blind what's jesus saying there see the pharisees they thought they saw <laughs> they thought they knew everything they had it all figured out we know what god's like and jesus tells the same pharisees he says look you search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you have life but it's those very scriptures that point to me god's son and you don't even see me but this blind guy he sees me. This adulterous woman, she sees me. These, these fishermen, they see me. This former tax collector, he sees me. I think that's kind of what Mary's getting at here. Those who are hungry, those who are in a desperate place in life, those who are not satisfied with things as they are, will find their fill in God. But those who are already fat and happy, don't need him. They're the ones who are going to go away empty. Don't shout me down. Mm. Next, she proclaims God is a helper. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. I love the way this story starts. Mary starts in just kind of a personal thing. The mighty one has done great things for me. It's kind of like what I talked about last week. If you just start, like, being thankful for just the things that you can see, pretty soon you get caught up being thankful for the things that really matter. You know, the... <laughs> The best things in life aren't things, right? Uh, you know, w- when we get into a posture of, of thanking and being grateful to God for things, then all of a sudden we get into this kind of upward spiral. That's what I see going on with Mary. She starts out with her being thankful for the things God's doing in her, and then by the end of this song, she's just kind of caught up, and like her scope is just just really big, you know? It's cosmic. She looks all the way back to Abraham, all the way to the future, and she finds that she's in the middle of a story of grace, if we go back to Abraham, why did Abraham get called to follow God? Was it because Abraham was specially talented or had a lot of things going for him? No. It just says Abraham believed God and followed him. I mean, that's it. And by the way, believing God was just like following him. <laughs> it wasn't some intellectual thing like, oh, I believe you exist. No. God said, follow me to a place you don't know. And so Abraham did. did. And that was accounted for righteousness for Abraham. But that was the grace of God from the very beginning. And that's where the story's going. God tells Abraham in the beginning, "Uh, if you follow me, I'm going to bless you so that all the nations of the world will be blessed through what I'm doing through you. And now Mary finds herself in this moment filled with the spirit of God, (laughs) looking back and going, you've been our help since Abraham, and she looks forward. It's a story of grace, and she finds herself caught up in the middle of it. It's just all gift. But again, there is part of us that has to respond to that gift. It's not, you know, the gift is, is not a gift until unless we, we we recognize it as such. So she sees that this God is a gracious God. He's holy and personal. He's merciful. He's mighty. He's a provider and he's a helper. And I just, I just think today I was kind of, as I was preparing this uh, to, to talk on this passage, I thought, you know, how do we end a message like this? And I think, well, Um, I think the most appropriate way would be to just worship the Lord together a little bit more. So, I'm going to invite what's left of the band back up here. I got to have faith. There she is. (laughs) And I just, I I want us to just respond to the Lord with with just um, remembering these attributes of God As we sing to the Lord together. So why don't you stand and um, we're going to do a couple songs more.